0: Robin Koenig, Removing Roadblocks. This is episode 73 on Kelly Bagla's Go Legal Yourself podcast.
1: Welcome to the Go Legal Yourself podcast. This show is about knowing the legal life cycle of your business. I'm your host, Attorney Kelly Bagler, the Queen of Business Law. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Robin Koenig. She is the owner of Rare Find. Robin is a coach, a speaker, and also a fellow host of Rare Find Voices podcast. Welcome to the show, Robin. Thank you so much, Kelly. I'm happy to be here. Wonderful to have you here Do you have a joke or a quote you'd like to share with the audience? A joke or a quote? Oh, goodness.
0: (laughs) You know, all of my jokes, I get eye rolls from my four teenagers. So I tend to not (laughs) tell a lot of jokes. But as far as a quote is concerned, there's so many actually have one on my wall right behind me. It's a very common mantra, but I definitely live by it. It's live well, laugh often, love much. And it just speaks to everything that I want to do in my life.
1: I was going to say that's exactly what you do in your life. And that's exactly what you bring to your clients' lives too. I try. (laughs) So I'm excited to speak to you today because you could be a definite resource for my clientele, and the audience that's listening to the show. Now, as a business coach, you do quite a bit of things. You're definitely a speaker and you do host your own podcast too. So I want to touch upon those different aspects of your business. But first of all, why don't you share with us your entrepreneurial journey and how you got to where you are?
0: Wonderful. I love being able to tell stories because everybody has a story about where they went and how they got to where they are. And for me, it definitely was not starting off as an entrepreneur or even a small business owner. I actually graduated college with two degrees in apparel merchandising and costume construction technology, <laughs> which do not sound anything like what I do today. But I knew that I wanted to go out and I wanted to be a freelance wardrobe stylist, which I did. I moved from the Midwest and I hit the West Coast and I worked in entertainment business for about three and a half years as a freelance stylist. And what I learned in that journey was that that wasn't necessarily for me. But I knew I wanted to use all of the things that I was good at. And so I transitioned into a career in marketing communications. And that was a great experience. I worked on the agency side for very big brands like Procter & Gamble. I then decided I really wanted to go into the brand side. So I worked for a very big brand and I was in marketing communications in the corporate world for about 12 years. And after another layoff... I then started to work for a nonprofit organization. And I was the leader of a nonprofit organization, their COO for about seven years and went through another layoff. And so over the course of 20 plus years, I found I was pivoting through all of these different kinds of career experiences. And I got to a place where I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I knew what I didn't want to do. And so I stopped, I literally just stopped and gave myself some time to think about it. And what came up for me was, My desire and passion to help people figure out stuff, figure out their problems, find solutions. And so this idea of becoming a coach and being a consultant came to life for me to have the flexibility and the freedom to be a mom, do all the fun things with my four kids, and navigate the business in the direction I wanted to. So I got my certification as a coach and decided to combine those two entities as a consultant to help give small business owners some ideas and resources and and actually give them the roadmap to creating the change they want for their business. And then when they get stuck, which we all do, use my coaching skills to navigate them through that. So that's the Cliff Notes version of my journey.
1: (laughs) That's fantastic. Obviously, as entrepreneurs, we all have our own journeys and our own time as to how we get there, when we get there. But What sets you apart, Robbie? I've had the pleasure of uh, actually listening to some of the processes that you use, right, as a coach. So one, why is it that a business would hire a coach? And then two, share with the audience some of the processes that you use because it was very enlightening to me. And so if I found it fascinating, I'm sure the audience is definitely going to find it fascinating too.
0: Yeah, well, Kelly, I love the fact that you said a process, or I can't say it the way you say it. <laughs> it sounds so much more interesting when you say it, process, but that's really what it is. You know, it's not magic. And, and there's a lot of perhaps sometimes misconceptions around what coaching is and what it does, because it doesn't seem very tangible, you know? And so when somebody comes to me and wants to understand, well, what is, what is a coach? What does a coach do? I, I use that word process, right? I help figure out, first of all, what's going on upstairs? What's going on in your head? What are the thoughts and the beliefs and the things that are coming up for you when you think about whatever it is that you're dealing with, like how you're stuck or what you're frustrated about, or what it is that you truly want to do, but you just can't seem to get there. And so the first step in a coaching process is to figure out the mindset. What are the, the belief systems, or I like to say your BS What's your BS that you're (laughs) currently dealing with? We
1: all have it, don't we, though, Robin?
0: (laughs) We all do. And I ask for permission from my clients to call them out on it. You know, because once we understand that, then I can say, okay, well, How is that making you feel? What kind of energetic state or emotional state is that putting you into? And what is it preventing you from doing? Or what is your stress response to that? So we connect the dots. I call it the TFA train the thoughts to the feelings to the action. And once we start to do that, it's like a wash, rinse, repeat. You can apply it to whatever the scenario is. And so we use a lot of you know, let's talk about what the scenario is. Let's try and almost like distance ourselves from what's going on. Because as a business owner myself, I know what it feels like to be so connected to what I'm doing, right? It has a lot of implications. It affects how I show up in my family life. It affects how I show up as a mom. It affects how I might respond to somebody at the store or all of those things. We have our triggers and our responses. So I want a business owner to be able to detach a little bit from the situation, look at it like outside looking in, and then unravel it through that process to say, okay, well, what are you thinking right now? What's the belief that's coming up? And how is that limiting you? And then we develop a way to change that or shift it so that they can see it in a new light, a new perspective, a new possibility. So that's a lot of the process, even though some folks may not have thought that's what coaching would be that's a big part of it and I'm there as their navigator to not judge and help them just like put it on the table let's look at it and when you're ready let's do something about it to change
1: see so the title is of this show of this episode removing roadblocks and you've hit upon something really crucial which is a mindset of an entrepreneur now as an entrepreneur yourself and I've been an entrepreneur for a while now, and I interview entrepreneurs all the time. They've all come from somewhere. When I used to go out and network quite a bit, I used to come across all different types of people with different mindsets, Robin. And the one mindset that really has stuck with me today is a woman that was so negative where She went out and started her own business. That's huge, right? So I wanted to give her props for that and congratulate her on that. That was fantastic. But the way she would look at life, right, the way she would look at her clients, she would approach them from a negative perspective. So, for example, she spoke at this one meeting we were in, and she said, my upbringing has got a lot to do with the way I interact and I see myself. Apparently her upbringing wasn't, it, it wasn't too kind. Let's put it that way. And her mom would always put her down. And so she was brought up with this mentality that she wasn't good enough for anything. Everything that she did, it was not good enough. So she wanted to come up with a pricing for her clients. And so when she would approach the clients, she'd say, this is how much I charge. Is that okay? Never ask a client, is that okay? So initially, she's approaching the client with apprehension. And so as a customer, I certainly don't want to do business with someone that is not sure about themselves. So talk to me about the mindset, because I I loved the, um, I think you had eight different sections that you spoke to me about. And I'd love for you to share that with the audience, just kind of touch upon these, because people don't think about that when they're thinking about business coaching. They usually think about, okay, I've got my coach, she's going to solve all my problems, and it's going to happen in a month, right? (laughs) Well, we're here to tell you, no, that's not going to happen. But the first thing would be the mindset. How do you get them to start thinking differently that's going to help them in their journey?
0: Yeah, those are great questions. And that example was exactly true, right? We call them gremlins. We all have a gremlin, right? Like on our shoulder telling us like, you're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not smart enough. You can't do that. And that pops up and they're always going to pop up. It's what do you say back to them, right? And so it's interesting. There's a statistic out there that some scientists say that each person or individual has over 50,000 thoughts per day. 80% of them are negative or what we don't want which means only 20% of them are focused on what we do want or what we think is possible, and 95% of them are repetitive. And so if through the course of your day, you've got these repetitive thoughts that are coming up all day long that are not focused on you know what you want, then it totally makes sense that you would show up with a negative thought or mindset or approach to your business. And so the very first piece of the segment, when we look at a business, and there's eight different segments of the business that I would help a business owner kind of understand where they're at without judgment like where are you when it comes to these eight different segments and we're very specific in doing it where we look at four parts of them on the strategic side of a wheel and then four parts of them on the tactical side and the very first one is energy or you could you know translate it as culture or mindset for for a solopreneur and what I like to do is understand where are they energetically and when I say energy I mean what are they thinking? What are those belief systems that maybe they were brought up with or an experience has created? And there's either two kinds of energy. There's catabolic energy, which is the negative stuff. It's heavy. It feels destructive. It's like being in a dark hole with blinders on. It just, it feels like you're stuck. And anabolic energy is lighter. It's more positive. And it opens up your ability to think about possibilities or a new perspective. And so we look at where they are first and how they're showing up and I actually have a, an assessment that I do that's a data oriented assessment that they can take and I like to help them understand the results from that because it's going to tell me well in what situation are they showing up with these negative thoughts or a negative mindset and how is that impacting their ability to change the course of their business or lead their team or engage in a networking situation or even handle their pricing. It really does set the stage for all the other pieces. Because once you start to work on the mindset shift and that energy, then you're going to go into strategic direction, which is the next piece of the puzzle segment with a much different lens than maybe the last time you did your strategic direction with a negative mindset. Yeah. So that's where we start and why we start. And just like in something, I like to use fitness as an analogy all the time because it's something I, I'm really passionate about. When you show up and you start working out more and more, you start to see the results. Like you said, it doesn't maybe happen in a month, but you're going to start to see some changes, feel those changes and see the results, which creates pride. And pride is a feeling that we get that then creates an action of motivation because you want to feel it more. So it really is like this you know, cyclical thing So the more that you start seeing those results, maybe in your business, it's more sales or maybe it's a happier team environment or maybe it's just you're making more connections and you're feeling more optimistic, it's going to have that effect that you want to do that more and create more energy and more focus around that consistency that you need to keep showing up in your business to create those changes.
1: See, Robin, now you're talking my language, right? So in a previous life... I used to be a certified personal trainer. I have been working out ever since I was 18 years old. I took a gym class in college, learning how to lift weights and what have you, and I absolutely fell in love with it. And now it's become part of my daily life. It's as if I would get up, brush my teeth, I go work out. And seeing results, right? So I sort of analogize business coaching to say you're training at the gym. There were so many people that wanted to come in with preconceived ideas. I want my body to look like this and I want to be that. And fantastic, you know, they're they're energized, they're ready to go. But you have to say, it's going to take hard work, right? It's going to take hard work. And are you willing to put that in? Plus, it has to be consistent. It's not something that you're going, unless you're going to compete and then you work really hard for three months, right? You diet and what have you and you compete and that's it. And that's what you wanted to do. Fantastic for you. But if you want to keep this as part of your lifestyle, you have to keep, fine, you know, get someone that can teach you how to use the weights, get someone that can teach you and put you on a a regiment. But then again, Robin, it's not as if that one magic happens for the rest of that life, that person's life, you have to keep changing up the routine because the body gets used to what you're doing to it. The muscles get used to what you're doing to it. And then you hit that plateau, right? And then you just say, oh, I'm done with it. You know, I'm not seeing any more results. So I see business coaching very, very similar to personal training, where you have to keep switching things up. If Once you've hit that plateau, then what's next? And that's where you come in. That's where you... Actually, work your magic.
0: Yeah, and a thousand percent agree with you. It's interesting. We have a similar connection in fitness. So I actually didn't even—I wasn't into activity or sports when I was a kid. I was Me into neither. music and arts, <laughs> not at all. And so, I, and I went through a divorce in my thirties, and I decided I could either go down one path of darkness and despair, and just fall into that deep dark hole of self-wallowing. Or I could kind of, you know, find this new route towards health and wellness. And I had a four-year-old son at the time, and I just really wanted to feel strong and be there for him in a different way. And I discovered fitness. I mean, I was like, had never really, I'd never lifted a barbell before. I had never done a pull-up before. And so here I was in my mid thirties, realizing that not only did I love it, I also, I was a certified coach, but I was actually pretty good at it. Like I surprised myself with these different things that I was able to accomplish. And I like to talk about how the fact that fitness changed my brain more than my body you know, I mean, definitely saw the changes in my body. And in fact, I became a competitive Olympic weightlifter for three years. Wow! And that was something I never would have thought about. You know, to compete, I was 40 years old when I stepped into my you know, first competition for Olympic weightlifting. And I did it for three and a half years. And it was amazing. But I draw on all of that when I look at not only my own business, but how I serve my clients, what is it going to take to step onto that platform in front of three judges and 100 spectators and lift a barbell more than my own body weight over my head and be judged? Right. <laughs> right. That took a lot of courage. And I, I tap into that feeling how I got real sweaty and shaky knees and whatever. But what were the things that I told myself were possible in that very moment? That's the key. What was I telling myself, you know, whether or not I made the lift wasn't really the result. It was what was the system that I changed creating and changing the systems of my thoughts and my feelings to do more in a different way to get the result that I wanted. And I
1: did. It's incredible. The mind over matter, Robin, absolutely incredible. So my, my husband, he's a Marine, he's retired now. And, (laughs) Uh, the Marines have it down, right? When when you actually become a Marine after boot camp, you truly are the few and the proud. And their mindset is so incredibly positive. They literally can do anything. They put their mind to anything. And like yourself, this is this is fantastic. I can't believe we're both discovering new things about each other. So I've been working out all my life. I decided to take it to the next level and I wanted to compete professionally. And so I found a coach and I, I would travel to see the coach twice a week and he was an hour away from me. And within three months, I put on a sparkling bathing suit. Keep in mind, this is the very first time I've ever, ever put on a bathing suit, right? And I was 38 years old, Robin, 38. And I stood in front of thousands. Posing and I even did a routine to music. And so, the first competition, I won my division, but I didn't win the overall. And now, my coach was literally waiting for me to call because he knew what I wanted, right? I wanted to win the overall trophy. So, two weeks go by, and I call him up and I said, Sam, and he goes, Don't say another word. I know why you're calling. You get back in here. So, we did another, what was it? I think 13 weeks later. I was on the stage again. I won my division. I uh, won the overall as well. So I competed with everyone for the overall trophy. And what an incredible feeling because every time you take that step forward, Robin, you become more confident in yourself. And that's, that's the beauty about what you teach. This is the beauty about you. You can bring out the best in an entrepreneur that's literally lost or they see a roadblock ahead of them and they don't know how to get over it or around it and th- that's where you shine
0: oh gosh we have so much in common <laughs> i love that story so many similarities and also my husband is a former marine so i understand exactly what you're talking about and and that motivates me too you know we have that ability to really tap into a mindset sometimes that you just are like i don't even know how i'm going to do this but there's something there that's telling me to keep going but one of the things you know I get asked about a lot is self-confidence, you know, like how do you get more self-confidence? And I like to share that self-confidence is a renewable resource. You never run out of it, but you do need to understand how to tap into it. And what's the magic behind that? Well, the more you show up being self-confident, the more you're self-confident. It's literally (laughs) that simple, not always simple to do, but when you understand that you're like, huh? Yeah. Like I don't run out of it. I just sometimes forget how to tap into it. So just keep doing it. Keep showing up on that stage. Keep showing up on the platform. Keep showing up to a speaking opportunity. You know, like one of my favorite concepts is that there's so many things that we try that we start with zero. When you started your podcast, I started my podcast. We had zero listeners. We showed up.
1: We still did
0: it. A sports team goes onto the field. There's zero points on the board, Exactly. right? So if you can understand that for yourself, and we put so much pressure, so much pressure on ourselves as business owners, right? Because it is so personal. We want to obviously do well for ourselves, but we feel like everybody's looking at us and everybody's comparing and they're creating this measure of success. It's not their decision. It's not their measurement. You've got to decide what your measurement is. And even if you're starting at zero, show up like you've already got points on the board and you will, but it does take work. And I also understand with so many of my clients, they're like, yeah, the mindset is great. I want to work on that. But when do I see the change in my business? And that's when sometimes they just don't know what to look for. They don't know what resources they might need. And when I start working with them and doing you know, this business assessment and showing them like, where are those gaps you know, maybe in your finance side of your business, you've done some of the work and you think you're here, but you're not. Let's look at how to close those gaps. And who do you need to help you? Do you need a legal resource? And I get to make those referrals, but sometimes they just don't know. And then it's overwhelming and they just don't want to do it. So they stop.
1: Let's touch upon that touchy subject right finances money people don't want to talk about their money situation they don't want to reveal that they're not doing well that they're not making sales right well that's why you're in business you're in business to make money but how do you make it and that's some of the ways that you could coach them through but how do you get to how do you get around that obstacle if you will robin where people don't want to open up when it comes to financing
0: Yeah, it's vulnerable, right? It's just about vulnerability and revealing something that you might not be so proud of, because you think, again, belief that you're supposed to be somewhere else in your journey. And maybe you don't feel so good about that. So when I was running this nonprofit organization, one of the big important aspects of what I did was working with our CFO. So I really helped to kind of set the stage for you know, as a nonprofit, like you're relying on other people to decide if they want to support you or not. It's a really difficult industry, you know, and being in the nonprofit sector. But what I learned was finances are like a mirror. They really are the reflection of your business. And it's not a reflection of you. So we have to detach those two things and say, if the business isn't where you want it to be, it doesn't mean because you suck. It doesn't mean because you're (laughs) a terrible person, right? Let's just look at it for what it is, Put the numbers on the table, just like if you're in a fitness journey and you look in the mirror, like we, we don't always love looking in the mirror, getting on a scale, but guess what? You need something to measure and see the results because if you are going to look at it like a business, it's not a hobby, right? And that's difficult when you are passionate about helping people. I experienced this a lot, especially in health and fitness. They want to help people, coaches, we want to help people, but guess what? You gotta focus on your business or else you're not gonna be able to keep helping people. They are not mutually exclusive. I love to say that because you gotta do the two things in order to keep doing what you love to do as a business. And if that doesn't matter to you, totally okay. Do it as a hobby, do it on the side. That's totally okay, but make a decision. If it's the business, then we need to look at the numbers, remove the shame, remove the judgment and the expectations, and then say, where are you now? Where do you wanna go? How do we build that bridge and get you there?
1: See, that's brilliant advice. Separate the two, separate the individual from the business. That is brilliant advice, right there, Robin. I have to ask you, can you share with us because this show is about helping entrepreneurs become successful? And before you become successful, you're not successful, right? (laughs) And the reason you're not is because you've made mistakes. Can you share with us maybe one or two mistakes that you made previously in your business or something that you wish you had done differently?
0: Yes, I think that honestly, I don't necessarily believe in even it being a mistake. I just believe in it's something that we learn from along the way. And if you remove the judgment that it was wrong or good or bad, it just didn't work. You know, it didn't work. Okay. So for me, when I first decided to go off on my own, it was actually because I was laid off. I didn't choose it, which now I can look back and say, I'm, I'm blessed and I'm grateful that it did occur. And it was the right thing to happen at that time. But I was mad at first. I was like, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. What do you mean? I don't have a job anymore. I mean, all those things that you go through in the, the process. And so I jumped in immediately after giving myself a little bit of time, but I jumped right into saying, I need to build this business. And I, des- I designed it based on what I thought everybody else wanted me to do. So, you know, I actually, I've had three different names for my business. I first started it with rare find leadership coaching. That was the first business. I mean, I went out, got my DBA right away. I got my business entity (laughs) put together, like you'd be so stoked. Right. Yes. And I didn't even know what I was doing, but I knew I was like, I'm going to do this right now. And of course I'm going to be a leadership coach because I've been a leader for 20 years. That's what I'm supposed to do. That's what I'm good at. What everybody expects. I woke up about four months later don't even know where it came from. I literally remember waking up in the middle of the night, sitting up in bed. My husband's like, are you okay? And I was like, I want to be a dating coach. I want (laughs) to talk about relationships and how hard it is to get back into dating in your thirties and being a single mom. And I have all this stuff. I want to talk about dating and relationships, all these things. And I didn't understand dating and relationships. They're kind of actually two separate things. But I was like, I'm going to go get a new business name. I went out, and got another business name, Rare Find Relationship Coaching. Like people need to know exactly what I do, and you know, I have to name it that. Right. So I did that. <laughs> Great. And I put together an online program, and I was coaching people and helping them in dating. And then I was also a matchmaker. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to also help people find love. So I'm yeah. going to coach them through it, and then help them find their love. Well, the long, the short story of this long story is the fact that when I was doing those two things. I realized not only were they not aligning at all because the matchmaking side of my clientele really just wanted me to find the person, like serve up the to-go meal of this person that I'm looking for with these characteristics. Don't coach me through it. Just deliver it, please. Right, right. That's what I was being paid to do. And I was like, but I really want to help them. Like what's getting in the way of them finding love. And so I realized that I was a a much better coach than I was a matchmaker, even though I had some success there. But what happened was I found myself back in this tailspin of like, oh my gosh, now what kind of coach am I? And so the back of my head, I kept telling myself, what is the real reason I'm doing this? Well, rare find that those two words were so important to me that were so meaningful to me because when I had this layoff and I was trying to figure out my new life path, I had a very dear friend of mine who was a mentor did a review for me. And he essentially put out there like that I had these gifts that I was giving to the world, my experience in C-suite and nonprofit, and he said I was a rare find indeed, and I was just blown away. His name is Steve Farber. He's actually a very well-known author and keynote speaker. And so I remember thinking that way back when that I wanted rare find to be a part of it, but I kept trying to label it and trying to define it and put another word there so people would totally get it. And at the end of the day, I took off the rest of those words. And I said, it doesn't matter to me right now, what kind of coach I'm trying to identify as because I want to help people feel like they are rare find in this world, right. whether it's in their business, whether it's in their dating, whether it's like we, we have one life and when we work on us, it affects all aspects of our life. And so to answer your question the mistake or the learning that I discovered was that the more I tried to put these defining things in place because I thought other people wanted that, the more I was getting further and further away from what I truly was doing to help people. So, I just got rid of it and said, "I know how I can show up powerfully and help people. It doesn't matter to me if I'm call me whatever kind of coach you want. You need a career coach, I'm a career coach. You need a business coach, I'm a business coach." Like I'm a process expert
1: there you go (laughs) a process expert (laughs) that's fantastic Robin well we are going to put your information as part of our show notes so when people download the app they can go directly to the show notes they can contact you there directly is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience
0: I just first of all appreciate so much being on the show and obviously like the, my favorite part of, of connecting on these podcasts and such is just learning more about people yes and so I love learning more about you and the same for you know anybody listening if they feel like gosh running a business is a very lonely situation it can feel that way but being an entrepreneur or solopreneur or even a small business owner does not mean doing business alone and so my encouragement is to, reach out and just talk to somebody like myself to say, what will it take for me to get from here to here? And without the judgment, I can just share some ideas or some insights in the way that I can see it, which might be a little bit different. And that's all it takes is just starting that conversation. And then it's really up to you as a business owner to decide, well, what do you want to change? And so my offer is, if you're feeling like there might be something there that you're struggling with or you're stuck with, just take that first step by, you know, reaching out and sending me a message. And I'm happy to get on a conversation.
1: That's fantastic. And I also do know that you will sit down with them and do an assessment. And that way, you know exactly what's going on with them and how you can actually take the first steps in helping someone. But before we let you go, you also do have a podcast. I said I would definitely touch upon that. Can you tell us a little more about that? Sure. It's called
0: Rare Find Voices, and it's really just an extension of having more conversation about the things that go on for a small business owner or for an individual that might come up for them. So I talk about various topics that have helped me along the way, additional insights or tips around different things they might be struggling with, whether it be mindset or perhaps even some business ideas or even trying to become an Olympic weightlifter and a professional athlete. So I just like to extend conversations and also featured a lot of small business owners recently going through the COVID pandemic and the ways that they were able to get through it. So you can find it on Apple, Google Play, and a variety of different platforms.
1: Well, we appreciate Robin being on the show. What fantastic information she has shared with us. And please do go to our show notes to contact Robin directly. And remember, the only way you become successful is if you go legal yourself. I am attorney Kelly Bagler, the queen of business law. And it's been my pleasure being your host today. Until next time, cheers to your success.